And welcome to episode 75 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. The Patriots fall to the Texans. Is father of time catching up to Tom Brady? And are they considering bringing back Antonio Brown? The Seahawks get a big win on Monday Night Football. And are the Warriors considering drafting LaMelo Ball only to flip him for Giannis Antetokounmpo? Should Melo have won Player of the Week? And a little update on the Astros scandal. All that much more here on Episode 75 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Review your podcast these days. And then head to YouTube. Give me all your takes right down below in the comment section. Got one from Dr. Bryant23 about the Astros scandal. He says, the value of the Astros franchise has increased by $1 billion since 2015. Monetary fines don't have any impact. Vacate the entire 2017 season. But we got a jam-packed show for you guys, so let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? Let's get it on. And we're going to start with the New England Patriots who lose Sunday to the Houston Texans. Great night for Deshaun Watson. Bill O'Brien gets his first win against the Patriots. But after the game, the whole story was about Tom Brady and this Patriots offense. They continue to struggle to put up points. No downfield threats. This offense looks anemic. They've been on the struggle bus going on nine weeks. If you remember, the first four games of the season, it was a historic start for this Patriots team. They went 4-0. They beat their opponents by a combined score of 106-17. Tom Brady was averaging 300 yards per game, and it looked like all that avocado ice cream, all the sleep, the TB12 method was in full effect. Well, now it looks like father of time is starting to catch up with Tom Brady. Look, he still looks like he's like 26 years old. Then he starts to run and move around. That's when he looks like he's 42. On Sunday's game, it all went downhill in the first quarter when he was picked off by Bradley Roby. Third and four. Meanwhile, this is going to be picked off. Bradley Roby's going to set up a first and goal for the Texans. And look at this tackle attempt by Tom Brady. I don't know if he was trying to deflate balls back in 2015, but he definitely was trying to here. <laughs> no, but this Patriots Got offense, it. they continue to struggle, and they really haven't found an identity since Rob Gronkowski retired. Now, the window for him to return has been slammed shut, so he can't come back this year. Will they make another run at Antonio Brown? We'll talk about that in a second, but this offense has been atrocious since that narrow week four win at Buffalo. So since that game, they're averaging 1.69 points per possession, and that's 24th in the league behind the Dolphins at 173. So they're towards the bottom of the league in points per possession. And since week four, Tom Brady ranks 30th in completion percentage, 30th in yards per attempt, 29th in passer rating, and 24th in overall QBR. He's gone seven games without posting a passer rating of 100. So the struggles are real with Tom Brady and this Patriots offense. Now, the easy thing to do would be to say, hey, Tom Brady's washed. Tom Brady needs to retire. Tom Brady needs to hop on that goat, put on his six rings, and go straight to Canton. But if you take a deeper look at some of these numbers, Tom Brady's averaging 5.9 yards per attempt in that span. The weighted average was 7.1. So he's 17 
17.1% below league average when it comes to yards per attempt. And what that tells you is there's no deep threats. It tells you that Josh Gordon's gone, that Antonio Brown didn't work out, that Rob Gronkowski is somewhere doing cheerleading for the Los Angeles Lakers. Gronkowski for doing that. Gronkowski always killing it. But hey, if you look at Tom Brady, his numbers right now are comparable to Mitch Trubisky, the most hated man in Chicago since Steve Bartman in that stretch. 11 TDs for Tom Brady, 10 for Trubisky. Six interceptions for Tom Brady, five for Trubisky. A completion percentage of 59.2% for Tom, 63.2% for Trubisky, a rating of 80.3% for Tom Brady, and 857 from Trubisky, and 6.2 yards per attempt for Tom, and 6.3 for Mitch Trubisky. So if you're in the same conversation with Mitch Trubisky, that tells you everything you need to know. And this is what I love most about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, six Super Bowl rings. He's already achieved GOAT status, and my man acts like he's won no rings. Tom Brady was fuming on the sideline. He was frustrated with his receivers. I'm going to read some lips for you guys, and here's Tom Brady. Check this video out of him exploding on his his teammates on the sidelines. Hey guys, we gotta pick things up. We gotta be faster, quicker, more explosive, everything. We're too fucking ro robotic. All right? Make a quick post. Let's be aggressive off the ball. Everything, some bitch. Come on, let's go. Grind this fucker out. Now, everyone out there was saying they shouldn't have let go of Josh Gordon. Last night, Josh Gordon, one catch, 10 yards for the Seahawks. The difference maker that's out there, you know who it is. It's A.B., Antonio Brown. And he was tweeting up a storm during the game, lobbying to rejoin the Patriots. He tweets, RT to put A.B. in this game. It's only one A.B. And then he tweeted a video of Tom Brady to Antonio Brown in his one game against the Dolphins and a Christmas tree. So it's clear that Antonio Brown wants to rejoin the Patriots, and if I'm the Patriots, I would do that in a heartbeat. I wouldn't think twice about it because, yes, they can tweak this offense, but they need new personnel. They need guys of Antonio Brown's caliber. And think about it this way. This is an organization with all the scandal with Robert Kraft, Deflategate, Spygate. You think one more thing is going to change how people feel about the Patriots? They already feel one way about the Patriots one way or the other. So you bring back Antonio Brown, and you really give yourself a chance, and you boost this offense to the point where they can actually win a Super Bowl without Antonio Brown, I think the Ravens are the favorites to win the Super Bowl in the AFC. I don't even know if I would take the Patriots over that potent Chiefs offense. So I think they need to seriously consider bringing Antonio Brown back to New England. And a little breaking news here on the Get More Sports Podcast. The Carolina Panthers have parted ways with head coach Ron Rivera 
Ron Rivera has been let go by the Carolina Panthers. He went 76-63-1 and in nine seasons. This year, the Carolina Panthers, they were struggling 5-9 and nine this season, third in the NFC South, and Ron Rivera's days in Carolina are over. Riverboat Ron, he led him to that Super Bowl. Cam Newton was injured this year, and it just looked like earlier in this year, if you remember, he walked out on that press conference. The second he did that, you could just feel the turmoil. It was a tenuous relationship between him and New Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper. If you remember, David Tepper said he would shake this franchise down to the foundation to make it a winner, and this is the first move, and I believe it's the first of many moves by David Tepper. He said in a statement, I believe this is the best decision for the long-term success of our team. I have a great deal of respect for Ron and the contributions he has made to this franchise and to this community. I wish him the best. I will immediately begin to search for the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. We're going to take a comprehensive and thorough review of our football operation to make sure we are structured for long-term sustained success. Our vision is to find the right mix of old-school discipline and toughness with modern and innovative process. We will consider a wide range of football executives to complement our current football staff. One change that we will implement is hiring an assistant general manager and vice president of football operations. We all must recognize that this is the first step in a process, but we are committed to building and maintaining a championship culture for our team and our fans. So the Carolina Panthers, they made a move. They were aggressive. How about them Cowboys? Jason Garrett still has a job. The Cleveland Browns, Freddie Kitchens still has a job. The Jets, Adam Gay still has a job. So I like this aggressive move by the Carolina Panthers. And I don't know what you're thinking. How do you get fired on your day off? And if you're the Carolina Panthers, where do you go now? Cam Newton, his days are over in Carolina. I know they want to try to salvage that maybe, but it's clear they're going in a different direction. I want to see him end up in Chicago. Maybe he comes out to L.A., plays for the Chargers. But Cam Newton, I think he needs a fresh start somewhere else. As far as the next coach of the Panthers go, you're hearing some names out there. You're hearing names like Eric Bieniemy. I'm very high on him, the Kansas City Chiefs coordinator. Then you got Greg Roman, Matt Rule from Baylor. But the name that I like for the Carolina Panthers is Robert Sala. Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator from the San Francisco 49ers, I love that move for Carolina. They get that done. A lot of talent on that Carolina defense. They were switching schemes a lot this year, but I like that. And then also, you know Tepper is a fan of the Belichick coaching tree, so you got to call Josh McDaniels, see if that's a possibility. But look, you got one of the best running backs in the NFL in Christian McCaffrey, so we're going to see what the Carolina Panthers are going to do. But Riverboat Ron, his days are done in Carolina. And next, we're going to talk some hoops. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he wins Player of the Month for the Eastern Conference. Luka Doncic does in the West. The first time two international players have won Players of the Month in the same month in NBA history, and they balled out in the month of November. Doncic, 30.8 points per game, 9.9 rebounds, 9.9 assists, while Giannis registered 30.9 points per game, 13.4 boards, and 5.9 assists. And all the talk right now is about the new rumor that the Golden State Warriors, they have the worst record in the NBA, if they get the top 
pick in next year's NBA draft. They could draft LaMelo Ball, and they could also use that number one pick to trade for Giannis Antetokounmpo. It came out in the San Francisco Chronicle, quote, first of all, it's highly unlikely that Milwaukee would make Giannis Antetokounmpo available in a trade, but if the Bucks did, they certainly would have a big asking price. The mega trades that sent Anthony Davis to the Lakers and Paul George to the Clippers have set the standard quite high. If the Warriors get the number one pick, they'd probably need to offer Milwaukee that selection, D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green, or Klay Thompson, and another young piece or two, think Eric Pascal and Kevon Looney, just for the Bucks to take them seriously. Now, the first thing we have to point out is that Giannis won't be an unrestricted free agent until the summer of 2021. So he's still under contract for another season and a half. He's due to make $25 million this year with the Bucks, and then next year, $27.5 million. And if the Warriors get that number one pick, why would the Bucks be incentivized to trade him then? Well, the only reason that it could be is if Giannis said, hey, I love this franchise, but I don't want to play the rest of my career here, and I don't want to leave you guys with nothing. I don't want to do you guys like Kevin Durant did the Thunder, and he respects them so much that he says, hey, I want to take my talents out to San Francisco and play for the Warriors. But then what would that mean? That means they would have to give up all their assets, a number one pick potentially, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. And then what would he have there? You would have Giannis and Steph Curry and a bunch of role players. Would that win you an NBA title? Steph Curry at the wrong side of 30 at that point? Well, here's Giannis Antetokounmpo talking about how much he loves the style of basketball that they play in Golden State. The way you guys play, man. You, you guys can make it happen. You said winning is fun, but the way that you do it, yes. Everybody's involved. Like obviously, you, you lead the charge, but you, you appreciate what everybody brings to the table. As a leader, that's that's what it's all about. Now, if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I go down with the ship that is Giannis Antetokounmpo because you don't trade a player of his caliber in his absolute prime. And if you do, you should go to San Francisco with him and you should go to Alcatraz because you should go to jail for trading Giannis in his prime. Hey, if they do get LaMelo Ball, it better be 50 LaMelo Balls, 20 Clay Thompsons, 30 Draymond Greens, a couple D'Angelo Russells, the Golden Gate Bridge. I don't care what it is. I am not trading Giannis Antetokounmpo in his prime, and I just don't think it's going to happen. Of course, if you're the Warriors, you'd be interested in this move. Why wouldn't you? But if you're Giannis, on top of everything else, you don't go to a franchise if you have to gut that franchise just to make that move. The idea of free agency is you're an addition without subtraction. So well, I think Giannis Antetokounmpo ultimately stays in the Eastern Conference, not just for himself, but for the betterment of the NBA. If you saw this year, nationally televised games are down 20%. A lot of factors in play there. You got major injuries to major stars. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Zion Williamson has been out. But also, LeBron James, the face of the NBA, plays in the Western Conference, plays for the Lakers in the Pacific time zone. People in the East aren't staying up all night long to watch the Lakers, so the NBA can ill afford to lose the Greek freak to the Western Conference. I see him staying in the East. You've heard some talk that New York wants to bring in Masai Ujiri. Maybe he can lure him. You heard some talk that the Miami Heat, the strong franchise that is the Miami Heat, could make a play on him. So I think he either stays with the Bucks or goes to the Miami Heat. You heard that here first. I'm throwing that out there. He's going to the Miami Heat 
or the New York Knicks. I think ultimately Giannis is loyal. I think he stays in Milwaukee. And then the next question is, should the Warriors draft LaMelo Ball? Well, there's a Western Conference executive that thinks that would be crazy. Quote, while it's clear Ball will end up an early selection in a relatively thin lottery, there are echoes of skepticism tied to his candidacy as the number one overall pick. Shooting sub 40% from the field and sub 30% from three, that's crazy. So if you look at it, LaMelo Ball, he's averaging 17 points a game on 37 and a half shooting from the field, including 25% from three on 6.7 attempts per game. So now if you look at those numbers, they're really on par with Cole Anthony of North Carolina and Anthony Edwards of Georgia. And you also have to consider the fact that LaMelo is playing against more physically mature players, older guys, veteran guys in Australia. So I still think that LaMelo is worth the number one pick, and so does Jonathan Javoni of Draft Express. He has him going number one right now. Hey, look back in there. I have to say, I was probably one of the first people to have him going number one. So the only reason a GM would not want to pick LaMelo Ball would be those efficiency numbers. But I think as this season progresses, those numbers are gradually going to get better. He's going to be more effective at finishing around the rim. It's that he can get to the rim. It's that he can create these playmaking opportunities also, he has a much better jump shot. So that jump shot is much better. It's superior to Lonzo Balls, so he creates more space that way. And I think it's a no-brainer. What NBA fran – you tell me, what NBA franchise – I told you earlier the NBA ratings were down – what NBA franchise is not going to want a player that's a 6'6 playmaker that brings in a celebrity stature? He brings in millions and millions of people. That is going to be a circus surrounding LaMelo Ball. And don't kid yourself. There are 30 NBA franchises that want the buzz that's going to come with them. And I think that they've learned their lesson with LaVar Ball. The LaVar Ball lesson with Lonzo Ball, it's proven now that, hey, if he doesn't show up, if he doesn't play, we will trade you. LeVar Ball knows that now, and also LaMelo Ball, I think he's going to learn from his brother Lonzo and say, hey, I'm not going to let dad, I'm going to let not let my pops dictate the shoes I wear, the team I have, how I play, how I conduct myself. I think that Lonzo Ball really paved the way for LaMelo Ball, and I think right now it's a no-brainer. You'd still take him as the number one pick in the NBA draft. And before we wrap here today, I want to hit you with the Get More Sports Fact of the Day. With Giannis considering leaving Milwaukee, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did the same thing. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has the record as the winningest high school and college player of all time. From high school to college, he had 187 wins and only three losses from high school and at UCLA. But that is going to do it for episode 75 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Got a big update on that Astros scandal tomorrow. Going to get into that. But don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. Then head over to YouTube, watch all the clips, give me all your takes right down below in the comments section. But see you guys tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, and I'm out.